0: get ready for the world's greatest arsenal podcast welcome to another podcast by guns and yellow ribbons enjoy the show
1: hello and welcome to another episode of guns and yellow ribbons my name is fergus i am your host i'm full of cold um cold not with this super cold that's got around at the moment my head is uh just full of snot and everything else and i'm coughing and spluttering but i do have three good friends uh, to help me through this i've got back from um, a hiatus, Johnny from the North Bank. I've got our Moroccan sunset, uh, Dan, and um, the man with the atmosphere, the man with the songs, the man with the music, uh, Ben Bennett. <laughs> I suppose uh, the first one we should go to is Ben because of the, the the songs, and we are going to talk to you, Ben. Welcome to the show. This is your um, you're breaking your duck on guns and yellow ribbons. How you doing, mate?
0: Yeah, not too bad. Yeah, I'm just uh, just getting through the COVID business. Uh, like some others after Leicester. I think uh, there seems to be a, a bit of a wave after that, but I don't know if I've got it from there, but yeah, it's a couple of days away from uh, just getting out of the isolation and back to a bit of normality and, um, on Sunday, which has been a bit of an absolute nightmare, but it is what it is and you just got to carry on. You?
1: It is. And, and look, listen, the main thing is that you're more or less safe and well. Yes, you got to isolate and do things that are right for, for, for everybody else, but you're safe and well. Johnny, uh, you haven't been here for... How long has it been? And listen, you're Ages. very smart. You know, very smart. You've, have you upgraded? Have you been promoted in life?
2: In life, in, in body and mind. Yeah, I've got a new job. I
1: am normally expecting a pizza line about there, a beer about there, and you're knackered after getting off your motorbike. That's normally what I see.
2: Yeah, well, now I'm, in, I'm living that executive life now. I've got you're a new managerial management. job.
1: Duh, management, isn't it? People, I am, people are buying. Remember who is?
2: Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. So I started today. I had to buy a shirt. First time I wore a shirt in two ages. Actually, probably years since I've worn a shirt. I'm a more, I'm more of a polo shirt kind of guy. And
1: um, uh, I don't know if I'm encumbered with this man's company or he's encumbered with mine, but myself and Dan have become good friends over the last couple of years uh, in Block 5, uh, a, a silver member that now is a season ticket holder. We've been away to Leicester, which we'll talk about in a minute. We also will talk about the Watford game afterwards. Uh, Dan, how you doing, mate? Listen, I'm feeling very
3: overdressed here, you know. Uh, underdressed, even.
1: Not overdressed, I'm an arsehole.
3: Yeah, I mean... Um... A lot of people ask me if I sell windows at the game when I turn off and we say well I don't sell windows. I'm an accountant, so if anyone needs an audit, give me a give me a shout. Um oh, sorry, accountant, I fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm I'm good. I'm good. I uh yeah, we see each other quite a bit now. I think you're one of the only people that seem to sing along to some of my songs and likewise with yours, I think. Uh the Abamyang, song, I think we only seem to have
1: people that um, listen, we'll, we'll get into songs and we will get into singing because Ben Bennett is the man who invents some crap ones but some really good ones. Actually, Dan and you, you and Ben, should get on really, really well. Um, but listen, before we start, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm going to jump to um, the the Leicester game first and foremost. Um, it is Remembrance Day today, and what Leicester did because of their last home game before Remembrance Day is they've done an absolutely outstanding. Uh, poppy display that was observed more or less impeccably. There was a few idiots in the bar that didn't realise what was going on and you you type of excuse them, but they were told to shush quite quickly. But it was outstanding um, how that was done, the the, the card display. Ben uh, and Dan, you were up there. What were your thoughts? I'll go to you, Ben. What do you think about it, first of all?
0: Oh, yeah, it was absolutely brilliant, wasn't it? Um, just, just the whole setup of it all, and they even, it even actually announced just before we went up to take our seats. They told us to take up our seats early because of, obviously, for the remembrance and of course the anniversary of the, uh, the uh, Leicester owner as well with the the disaster. But um, yeah, it was all organised. I mean, I, I don't understand why so many people walked up so late. And yeah, there was a little bit of a disturbance, but overall it was pretty immaculate. The whole, the whole setup and the way we actually. Um, we appreciated it and we we certainly respected it as a as three thousand three hundred that were in there and as well as the whole ground really. But yeah, it was a it was a brilliant, brilliant uh occasion.
1: Dan, uh you traveled up in the car with me and Big Tony and uh Ross Ross Hogg. God Jesus, get a word in here to us, eh? What a what a journey. What a journey <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah, We some, went through uh, that's everything. A <laughs> I think there wasn't anything we didn't speak about on the way out there. We've set the whole uh, world whole to rights on the way up to that. <laughs> it, it, was, it was the least
1: football journey with a smattering of football sport in it. We went through absolutely, we're not going to go into the topics on here because it was just like blow people's minds, but it
3: was it was quite highbrow for four <laughs> lads gone to the football, wasn't it? Yeah, not enough, uh, not enough alcohol on board, I think, to get onto the football at that point, <laughs> but... Um... Yeah, we had we had some we had some good topics but yeah uh, we we touched on the football as well and uh like you said when we got there it was a uh, good atmosphere i think um well when we
1: when we got there it was it was like jumping into a swimming pool well i practically did i went ankle deep in a puddle as we got out of the car and we went to what was it what was the name of the it was the corn exchange in um in the center of leicester which uh old man trev who's not here today but you listen um we, we, we don't ever not have old man Trev here. We have. I agree. I agree. Listen, we have let's get a little bit more cheerful. Man, uh, we have got here. old man Trevor, Hilsey Gooner, uh, all the way out in. <laughs> what's it, what's the name Trev. of the town you're in? Where are you? You're in Portugal. Hello, boys. Can you hear me? Because you're on my oh. iPhone.
2: Oh.
3: Trev, Halloween was Thursday, mate.
2: Trev, you're looking good, son.
3: You're looking good.
2: I'm drunk boys. We've had a few beers. It's one euro a bottle. We're in Guimara's. Uh I don't care about the manager. I don't care about the players. It's a proper away trip, it's European away, so I'm drunk. and I'm...
1: What more would you expect from Trev, eh? <laughs> drunk on the late day. <laughs> uh, but Trev told us to meet at the Corn Exchange and uh, Weatherspoons had breakfast, which didn't agree with me, but we won't go into that one. Um, but... Um, johnny you watched it uh from afar obviously you got um moving house and stuff like that how did it come across on the telly to you because uh from us in the stadium i walked into the stadium about a half hour beforehand and i honestly even when i've walked into wembley and so on the noise when we hit the inside of the stadium was just out of this world and it carried on practically for two hours continuously um how did it come across on the telly
2: so now normally Uh, I find that when we've got away fans at our ground, they turn up the mics there to make it sound like they're louder. But when we're away, we never really get the same kind of treatment. But the fans were so loud and singing so much. It didn't matter what mic they had going on. You could hear it all the way around. It was just constant. It was amazing. I, I just was so jealous that I wasn't able to go. And uh, an experience with myself, and it just seems like as the teams got better, the the crowds got better, and you could hear it every time uh, through the telly, it's got better and better.
1: Ben, I don't, I'm sorry, I'm sniffing. Um, Ben, I, I, I don't know if you heard uh, or if you saw there was um. Down at the front, uh, you, the, the police have been in the corner taking pictures of everybody <laughs> because we're all hooligans and everything else. But um, the, 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 along to the side of the pitch, there was some photographers along there, and there was one particular f- photographer about three along. And when we started off with that Emil Smith Rowe song, um, he turned around and he just went, "Oh, yeah, that's good." Now we talked at half time about the atmosphere yeah. there. Uh, we touched on atmospheres um, at the Emirates before, and we will touch about it, about the Watford game, and Tottenham songs being sang and everything else. There wasn't a Tottenham song sang at all until we ran out of songs and we we're leaving the stadium and we just decided to say they got battered. But that was almost pointless. But it, it was it was outstanding, wasn't it? And, 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 and I know it sounds stupid that I'm talking about an atmosphere, but there is something happening within the fan base um, as well as on the pitch and it's important to talk about that
0: <laughs> we'll talk about Leicester first well that's probably up there with one of the best definitely for a lunchtime kickoff atmospheres for an away in for a long long time um it was just incredible I mean it was just constant songs and it was different songs and it was atmospheric songs it was None of the what do you think of Tottenham? We didn't hear any of that in the ground. I heard a couple of blasts on the concourse before the game. and They got pretty much drowned out. Um, and I think the reason why it was so good is just the fact that everyone that was there was there just to back the team, back the players, and back the team, forgetting Tottenham, um, and just back everything that was in front of them. And it, that and it literally with that was it was like a breath of fresh air. It was it was unbelievable. And uh, and everyone that took up that every one of the 3300 that were there made full use of their seats that day and um and it was just absolutely brilliant honestly it was um it was everyone was just loud and proud and it and it rubs off on the players as well i think that's why we got such a really great performance as well i mean not just i mean we took the goals well and that but defensively we were so compact and um, There was fist pumping going on, and it, even the fist pumping and that just rubs off from the players onto the onto into the crowds, and it just gets it everybody up for it. It's such a big connection, the, the player fan connection is huge, and it's the first time Damn. it's been as good as that for such a long time.
1: Dan, um, like I, I don't know how many away. I know you've done Chelsea. Or, uh, you've done the Wembley away trips a few times. You've done a few ways, but that's got to be one of one of the greatest ones that we've been to in in quite some time. And then I want to get into uh, the, the 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 game itself, and we'll briefly co- uh, cover that because it is nearly two weeks ago.
3: <laughs> yeah. No, no, to be fair, I, you know, I've I've been away. The, the video I showed earlier of Gamara's, I went like Gamara's away, been to Madrid away Spurs Anfield. In all fairness, I think during the game, I mean, the early goals helped, but I think I've not seen an away end that loud for that longer period of time. Um, And it just feels a little bit like we're starting to get the club back as it was when I was growing up. And, you know, being taken to Highbury as a young kid and and the crowd as they were there. And I know know, people say how Highbury wasn't the, the loudest ground. But just the way that the fans and the club are interacting now, and I think from, from the top down in the club, they're starting to get things right. And I know I know a lot of people are critical of the Gronkis and, and Stan Cronky, et cetera. But some of the videos that a lot of people have watched recently of Josh Cronkie and um, Arteta's interview on in his 100th match, um, the way they come across and the way they interact with the fan base now, and you see players giving shirts to young kids and, and you know, like you said, fist-pumping to the crowd and all of that is just just what makes a fan's day out but that Dan, that's that's absolutely nothing
1: to do with the cronkies and I, and I will not allow the cronkies get any credit for Aaron Ramsdale giving his boots and his shirt for uh, Gabriel coming over and, and uh, to us uh, for Aubameyang coming over to us for the team coming over us I'll I'll give some credit to Arteta but I will give nothing absolutely nothing to Stan cronky let's look at the uh, look look at the game itself um so on, on on the game, uh, we started really, really bright with 30 minutes where we came at them, Johnny, um, and we just obliterated them. Um, and we type it just like for a 12.30 kickoff, which Jack L said in the chat earlier about the support, but also on on, on the pitch, it's normally a really lacklustre game. I, I, I often go to the pub and watch the 12.30 game. and You think, oh, Christ, now why am I bothering? It's just going to be awful. But it, it was outstanding and, and, and a great... 30 minutes of control
2: yeah with well, the stats back up that we don't really enjoy uh midday kickoffs anything any kickoff between 12 and 1 we don't generally do very well but i think a couple of advantages and even brendan rogers said as well that we're starting games really well we're coming out the traps strong and really pushing our game onto the opposition as opposed to thinking how can i put up with them that we're pushing our game onto them and it, it's all happened since we managed to close the transfer window and, and get the team straight as how we wanted it and we haven't lost a game since and it's and it's this fast start has been a signature of this uh arteta side um since he got his settled team who do you
3: think is responsible um, for that thing though, Johnny?
2: Would you mean the side uh, Listen, that we managed to assemble? The
3: yeah, the side we're starting to put together, the young side.
2: I, I, th- I think it, he was. I'm in two minds with Ar- with Arteta because he obviously pushed for Willian <laughs> last season, and he wanted the experience and stuff like that to control the ball and stuff. So, and I, it, they've taken a different tact, and they've obviously scouted these players and got a profile of player and it was something that we were asking for and we've managed to get it now and i think it is to do with edu i don't think it's to do with arteta and it's a, like a, it is obviously a a, a tactic and a, and a progression they're looking towards a path to building something because you can't always have uh, an out-of-box fresh ready-to-go player sometimes you have to build it in you know we've got an ikea side we haven't got a made.com dot com side. Well,
1: I, th- I think, I think Johnny. Though, if you look at a players like that, um, they, those Brazilian players, I think that was far, far much more to uh, to do with Edu and mm. um, um, what's his name, the the agent, the super agent who was just trying to palm off. Pierre um, Germain. That that's the fella. Looking at the game itself, though, like we had, we had uh, three good goals, but whatever about the first thirty minutes, first half, we hung on towards the towards the end of the first half and Ben uh, I don't know if you went out for a beer or not because I was driving I stayed there till the 45th 46th 47th minute whatever it was and right in my eyeline I witnessed a save that I, I, I used to watch in comic books as a kid with the cat etc mm-hmm. uh, and Ramsdale's save and Ramsdale's performance then going into the second half along with the defensive players which I'll talk to the the, the other guys about but Ramsdale's performance for that save first and foremost and then subsequently through the through the second half
0: uh, first things first, I yeah I did see the save. Luckily enough, um, Trev actually came up with a pint for me at half half time there, so uh, I managed <laughs> to watch the full uh, forty seven minutes. It turned out I think in the end, and luckily enough, I did. Uh, I see see the save, but what a save though! Just um, unbelievable. I've not seen a save as good as that for such a long time, and it I obviously got all the from the likes of Schmeichel and, and a couple of others. But it was just unbelievable, and it was. It's like it's almost as good. It's almost as good as a goal when you got when you've been under the kosher yeah. a little bit. I mean, the last. Of course, we started so well and um, got the two goals, but the last sort of twenty minutes, fifteen twenty minutes of the first half, we, we, they obviously they're going to come back at us. And they had a couple, couple of little chances as well. But I mean, it is. It's, it, to me, that was. I said to a couple of people next to me. I said, look, that that's massive. That save is just. I mean, it's right on half-time. And, and the timing
1: too. of it as well, Ben. The timing of it it's, as well was huge.
0: It's it's a difference in 2-1 and obviously 2-0. And, and they, they've obviously got change. If it goes 2-1, then it's, uh, strategies and things like that change at half-time. But that that's just such a key point of the game. And, of course, we rode a Storm just after that, after half-time for 20 minutes, and they was always going to come at us. But the importance of that save and the timing, and, and just, just the way it was just... Uh, it was just unbelievable. It was just it's so much you could talk about it, and, and uh, like he does, he, he does all the stuff on the training ground and things like that. But he's absolutely at full stretch, and then and to even get that much of a strong hand behind it, and then okay, it fell on the on on the deck, and there was nearly a follow up, but you ride that luck at the time. But he deserved anything like that. There, there was saying, like there was, was, was like three
1: there was like three saves in one Ben. there was um and and then uh you'd gabriel cleared off the line and then as as you said like we were under the cosh in that first half Dan, second half um again still under the cosh and it was a lot down to ramsdale uh, to keep us in he made two or three more saves but defensively we are looking more solid it, it, you know, OK, with the exception of Kieran Tierney versus Nuno Tavares, uh, you know, that back five, including the keeper, it picks itself every week,
3: doesn't it? I think it does away from home. I still, and I, and I know a lot of people have been raving about Tommy Asu, and uh, don't get me wrong, I like him and I think he's been, he's, he's been good. Um, I still think when we're at home, in certain games we're going to need a more attacking fullback on the right-hand side. Um, I still think he gives the ball away a lot, and I still haven't seen him putting a decent cross. So there's my only reservation for him as much as I still agree I like him um, and he looks, he looks good. But I think as a, as a platform to start on, that's a great young solid back five that is only going to get better. Um, and it's nice to see us be able to soak up a bit of pressure away from home. I think any other season in the last couple of seasons, we would have collapsed. Um, and then for the final 20 minutes to be able to come out and be a bit more confident and, and go forward as well. Um, I think Erdegaard coming on at that point made quite a bit of a difference to, to get us up the field a little bit as well. You've
2: got to think though, T- Tom Yasu is a, is a defender first and he can ping balls with his left and right foot. He can do 60, 70 yard passes across the field. He's not there to be an attacking player. He's, there, he's a centre-half slash right-back and what he has done in his position is far better than any right-back we've had for the last... 10 years. You think what he's done so far? He's absolutely rock solid defender. He's won more aerial draws than almost anybody. He's done more interceptions. He reads the game better and he cuts out things before they happen. He needs to do his job first before we start going forward. We've got attacking players coming out of of every orifice. You can just win the ball, pass it on.
3: Yeah, I don't want to be too critical of him because, as I said, I am actually a fan of his and I think he's a good player. I think, first and foremost, he's a centre-back, not a full-back. And I think it shows. He's, you know, don't forget that the game we played against Brighton, he got turned inside out for, for 45 minutes and it shows he's a centre-back being played out of position. He is he's solid, but you look at his passing stats compared to the rest of the back five, nowhere near. Um, he does give the ball yeah, all the way but Dan,
1: if you if... It, it, without focusing down too much on one player um but if his passing stats are lower and you've got ben white who can pass fantastically you've got uh, Ramsdale who can distribute uh, on the ground as well which you know most goalkeepers can't dis and do passes like they that, that he's done if he can do defensively his job i used to say before about bellerin if he'd done his job defensively, I'd be fine. I'm, I'm not worried about him getting up the pitch too much and crossing. Um, what? Um, I can't even remember where I was going with that. Uh, we probably went on a sidetrack. But um, overall, what was your th- thoughts on, on on that result? It was 10 games unbeaten then, Johnny. Um, uh, that was the one where I was going, actually. Odegaard. Dan said about Odegaard that it was a, a good addition uh, substitution. Lacazette obviously can only do... 50, he's 70 minutes tops, and he's not match fit. Were you impressed with
2: Odegaard? No. I think he's struggling a little bit, to be honest. I think he's trying to find his place in the team because the team he came into in the summer isn't the same team we've got now. The team has grown a little bit, and it's settled in certain areas. And where we're flexing those steps you talking about about with Tommy was because we're, when we're going changing at the back and having more wide play and stuff like that and w- finding where he fits into that is a bit difficult and Lacazette has come in and sat in that 10 slash false nine position linking play and he's done a better job than Odegaard has because he's got the experience and the strength and he can win free kicks in those areas and it's hard for him to then come back in and take that place back from him. So, now, I think he needs a run of games, and then I think he needs to play well in that run of games, but he's not going to wrestle his, the starting place back from Lacazette very easily. Um, but I think that Lacazette, with his fitness issues, he's, he's only going to do an hour or so, but if we've won the game, if we've got ourselves in a strong position in those 60 minutes, and then bringing Odegaard in, who can play a through ball can the defense but also he's very secure on the ball he serves a purpose whilst growing into the team so i think he's kind of doing what we want but not excelling as much as the other signings have managed to excel we look at um ben white has excelled travarez has excelled Sambi conga has excelled and tommy Asu has excelled but in comparison, because we already had him before, we already, already had high expectations. I, you know, he's come from Real Madrid, blah, blah, blah. You know,
1: I, I, th- I, th- I think the thing with Tommy Asu, Ben White maybe to a lesser degree, definitely Ramsdale and, and, and the other signings we've made, um, the expectation was that we we're by- buying in little, And uh, with Odegaard's heritage from um, Real Madrid, and he was meant to be the new best thing and everything else. Yeah. Um, Ben, what do you make of Odegaard? I, I, for me, he looks a very frustrated player. He seems to be gesticulating a lot on the pitch and calling for the ball and getting annoyed when people don't play the ball he wants. Um, if I'm honest, I think at points he comes across as, uh, as a bit of a prima donna.
0: I actually like him. I think he's probably one of the only midfielders that can really actually... Control a tempo of a game. I think he he come he come on against even he come on against Watford. I we'll touch on Watford again. I know I know, but I thought he, would, he was great when he come on. Um, it he can is the only one we've got that can really kind of. I don't know. We we don't we don't really have that one that can. I know he's not he's not a Cazorla, but Cazorla used to do it for us. So you could control a tempo of a game of football. Odegaard wants the ball all the time. He's so hungry for the ball. If he doesn't get that, he is going to be frustrated if he doesn't get the ball that he wants. Because he, he he is capable of doing it. And I think he's got a lot to give. And, and we saw we saw it back in the last season, in the run towards the end of last season. He, he's got a lot of attributes there that we need. And he's going to be a very important player for us. And I think when he did come on against Leicester, we was, was under the caution. We did need that player to come on and just control that tempo a little bit. And I thought he did it. I thought he was great. And he was great again when he came on against Watford. So so to me his attitude's first class, if he can come on and, and he's he's hungry, that's that's one thing. He's not gonna come on and just float his hands around. He's he wants the ball, he he he's got a lot to give. I like him. I think he's he's definitely one that um he'll he'll excel as well, especially if we keep going on these runs and, we, and he's gonna be a really important player for us.
1: Scunny uh says in the chat that was harsh on odie on uh Fergus. As I said, a prima donna did sound a little bit harsh, but I just find that he—I don't know—is it—is it because he's used to a higher standard? Johnny, you were talking about in the chat here that you got into leadership. Do you think he's a? Do you think Odegaard is a leader?
2: Well, he's the captain of his national team. Uh, he has the leadership qualities. He's what he is trying to do. He's not trying to be a prima donna. He's trying to. Encourage the team and try and actually be a leader, be a, cap, a captain within the team. Well, I know we we kind of got ridiculed and we didn't like the idea of the five captains, but if you ever played in a in a team, you have leaders in the team, and you have t- players that need to push on. And he's kind of like the slightly more progressed version of the younger players that we have because he started so much younger, and so, is that leader.
1: Can he claim a leader position then, uh, Johnny? Because you know you can have eleven leaders on the pitch, and then you just have a punch up. But you do need some followers as well.
2: Yeah, you still you've got to have uh, your 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 players that the other players look towards, and then you've got the guy who's got the armband on. Those can be two different two different people. And as much as we don't like Granite Jacker he is looked up to by the other players to, to lead in a certain, a certain way. But I think with Odegaard in particular, he needs to start leading by example, kind of like Aubameyang does in his better games and how Thierry used to do it by not just by shouting and hollering, but he would go out and actually drag the team on. I think we need something a little bit more like that from Odegaard. If he wants to really cement his place as a leader within a group, uh, and he's not going to get the armband off of Oba anytime soon, I don't think. But it doesn't mean that he can't. Unlikely. I don't think, I think you need a you need a, a strong personality in each phase of the game. We've got a strong goalkeeper. We've got strong centre-halves who are showing uh, good strength. We've got KT as a potential captain. And then you go forward to the next line and you've got Harty as the experienced man. And then you've got Odegaard. Who can who can be strong and leaders in that middle, and then you've got Aubameyang and Lacazette towards the top. You know, each each position, each um, section of the team can have strong personalities and create that spine uh, of strength through the team.
1: Before we move on to the next game, Dan. Did you want to have? A, sorry, my voice is about to go again. Dan, did you? Do you want to have a quick word? And Pud's good point in there that Chaka, and as much as I can stand him, um, it does uh, assume that role in the dressing room. Um, and I think uh, Mike made a good point as well that um, Odegaard is still young, so you've got to give him some time, which I will do. You know, I haven't haven't chucked him out with the dishwasher with Gwendouzi
3: and and, and the others. No, no, just a quick point because I, I don't know if people have seen it, but there was a video I watched earlier in the week. Um, don't know how old it is, but it was it was Lee Dixon, and he was saying about how um, when Arsene Wenger came in, and you know he he got the ball and he was encouraged to play, and he used to have Vieira running at him, Bergkamp running at him, you know, mm. someone would call for the ball, and, and they would be screaming at him saying, "Give me the ball!" And then when he gave it to someone, the others would be screaming saying, "Why didn't you give me the ball?" That's that's what a top player does, and that's that's what you want from your team. And you know, I've, I've got no problem at all with Erdegaard shouting at people saying, give me the ball, I want the ball, I want to get on the ball and get this team moving forward. Because I think he does do that. Um, I think he's a little bit hindered at the moment because of the setup of the team. And the reason why Lacazette, I think, has done so well in his side is because we haven't got a target man or someone who can hold the ball. When Aubameyang plays up top, he isn't that guy. So, if we had a, an old-fashioned centre-forward, say, a Giroud a few years ago or a Cowballoon or someone, you know, we can talk about transfers, but then I think he'll sit in that gap and he'll make play, you know, take over and he'll dictate, like, like you said, with, with players of the past. But when you haven't got that target man to, to let the ball fit to, him, it's hard sometimes for him to be able to play the way he wants to. Um, so no, I think that's the reason why Lacazette's doing well. But like you said, he's still young and he's, 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 the boy's obviously got talent. I think he just needs to score more goals. Dan, you'll be hanging around
0: Fergus, uh, uh, I'm, with, I'm with Dan now. I'm with Dan. I just noticed how, how much we are so much better when we've got that pivot with that link man up front. Lacazette's the only player that we can actually... Uh, he's the only one we can actually do that. Aubameyang can't do that. His first touch is a yeah. tackle at times. Um, we've started to play better uh, with a number nine in there, and that's why Lacazette can do that. And like Dan says, players like Odegaard, um, Emil Smith-Rowe, Saka... They will thrive off this link, man, and mm. and even even the even the wide players as well. I mean, we even like Tierney. He's been under a lot of criticism this season. Well, we're not getting the best out of him. What what's the point of him bombing down the line when I mean, he's got to cut back in? Because there's no one in the box. There's no one. No movement in the box. We are needing that number nine. I mean, he's cried out. He's okay. It was it was at Celtic and, and the standards obviously a lot less, but. He he needs that number nine in there, and he created a hell of a lot of chances and a hell of a lot of goals because he had movement in the box, and um, it's something that we really need. Um, and like like Dan said, we got the up we did the up, upgrade on Lacazette as a next step going forward. It could actually be the difference between a top four finish and a top six finish this season. A striker, and if it, and, in January, uh, I think I think is, it's a must. That I think is it's a, a topic must.
1: That we... That's a topic that we are going to touch on, which uh, is, yeah. is league position. Um, before we move on to the Watford game, uh, today people on Twitter... Uh, you can see us live streaming on Twitter, guns and ribbons. If you want to follow us on Twitter, uh, guns and yellow ribbons, and all other platforms, including Instagram and Facebook and everything else. But yeah, you can see my ugly mush and these uh, fine-looking gentlemen uh, on on Twitter uh, live as well. So we managed to score three goals, miss a penalty yet again. and still finished one-nil to the Arsenal. A very early start. Um, I was at the Tollington, not one of my favourite pubs, but it's a, it's a good pub. Uh, but I was there to to meet some. Friends, um, and we got to the stadium nowadays. You get to go to the stadium early, and because I got to the stadium early, I was fortunate enough to see, um, guys, your mics mic on mute while I put this on, so make sure you turn them on if you want to talk about it. Um, the uh, we got to see the the, the Saka wall. Um, uh, uh, this is all the letters. A, uh, yeah. so I it was a really, 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 it was really nice to see uh, the stadium and some pictures and so um, yeah, really, really, really nice uh, It's just, it just, it just connects the players um, with the current fan base, young fan base as well, and 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 the England fan base. Uh, ben, you haven't been in to see that, have you? Um, you
0: weren't in at the Watford game, were you? No, no, I wasn't at the Watford game. No, I've not seen it. I've just seen a lot of pictures of it. Obviously, what you just showed me there, and I think you had another video up, didn't you, the other day? That was actually, I think, um, Potsy was in it. It was, was a same... bit more. It. It no,
2: it's
0: the same, same video. I just, I, just, I just overlaid it with some oh, music. Just, Sweet Caroline one, yeah. and stuff like that. It's the same video. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, thought, on the Insta. I thought, it's absolutely incredible. I mean, he um, it deserves, deserves all the support that he's had, though, doesn't he? I mean, of course, you're going to get the, the, the stupid fan bases. I mean, I think... It was Chelsea that came, and they were singing about him, and Spurs didn't sing much. But they, uh, I think, they chucked that one in as well about about him. But I mean, how can you not give him the support that he deserves? I mean, that, that looks incredible. That that's just that's that's typical Arsenal class, though, isn't it? It's just uh, it's just what he deserves
1: especially being such a young player um Dan you, you saw it on on we met on on front of that wall it, it, for anybody who wants to go and see it's on the lower tier um between uh block five and block four uh, so a little bit round from where we normally meet Johnny it's the next section along
3: um Dan what did you make of what you saw
1: to be honest I've
3: seen it more clearly on the video than I did then because uh the state I arrived at the start of that game yeah so, you, you know, were you <laughs> were
1: polluted
3: you you yeah, were, I, you've been out the night before and you <laughs> Yeah, I was uh, I was you massively were... struggling. I'm uh, I'm not normally a five meet before the game person. I normally get, try and get there a bit earlier, but I was uh, I was struggling that day. Um, Honestly, <laughs> I thought we swap yeah. play. I thought we swap places. I thought like you know, Christ, yeah. have we
1: have we like switched bodies? I'm normally as drunk as that. You you were absolutely ruined. It's just the uh, the influence of Fergus to with yeah. you yeah it's been rub, it's been rubbing off um johnny what did you think of the lineup everyone was talking about um the fact that party wasn't playing and that maitland niles was put in that position otherwise the lineup remained more or less the same uh, we're slightly overrunning at the minute as well by the way uh, but um you know that Who is cares? his preferred uh, i do um uh, it's his preferred position and he's got a point to prove he was a very young defensive midfield um he done well. I, personally, I I don't want Lee Judge's fan cam things for for Lee Judge's TV, and I said I didn't see much of him. And from my position, and trying to take out, Dan, because he was so drunk. Um, uh, from my position, um, I didn't see a huge amount of, of of him from from there. What did you make him? What watching far from on TV? You and and Ben will have made more of a decision on that.
2: Well, I I thought that he was. Uh... You know, uh, some people class him as lazadaisical. He, he's a little bit too laboured uh, and he doesn't have a sense of urgency. But in that position, he, he kind of takes a step back and knows that he's got the pace in order to recover and he reads the game and he actually cut out quite a lot of things before they developed. And the fact that we you didn't see a lot of him may, is kind of testament to the fact that he did such a good job. Because the flashy stuff is the stuff that you notice and see in the last-ditch, zack tackles and sliding tackles like that. I don't want to see that. I want to see someone noticing the development of a play, cut out the ball and pass it. Do Like Gilberto, seriously, yeah, he goes to get his foot in, but he did far more of his work, intercepting the ball, intercepting play, breaking it up and giving it to the person who's going to do something with it. And Maitland-Niles did fantastically doing that. It was only in that... Towards the end of the first half, he stepped back a little bit too much and that was when Leicester started to come in on to us a little bit more and that he got a bit of stick for that, but he was consistent all the way through the game. He he, he pressed up hard really well when he needed to. He, his pass percentage was very, very good. His interception led to a goal. I thought it was a brilliant um, uh, performance from him. And when Party and co. go to the Africa of Nations, I feel a little bit more comfortable knowing that we've got one more player that we can rely on a little bit more to step in.
1: Ben, your your thoughts on on his performance? Uh, like Johnny talks about um, a Gabriel, uh, sorry, not a Gabriel. Uh, yeah, um, Silva uh, sort of El, uh, Gilberto, sorry, uh, esque. Uh, performers, Edu, and so on, and those were the you know the, the the sort of players that used to just like glide along in the background, very unnoticed. Is that how Maitland-Niles played for you on 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 Sunday?
0: Yeah, yeah, he had a great he had a great game actually. I, I thought he was superb. <clears throat> like Johnny said he, it's just that one to just break the play up and just release it to the the players around him. That's going to do a little bit, bit more on the ball. There's no flash stuff with him. He just I mean, the the uh, hard work goes sometimes goes unnoticed, but with him, it it went, it definitely went noticed. I mean, I think there was a time literally just before the end of the game, and he was, he was in the corner flag, and he was he was, he was trying to hold onto the ball, and he was protecting the ball, and he, I think it was the last couple of minutes, I'm sure, and it was. That's the, the crowd only bit just, I saw uh, of him and then. And the crowd got up, and it just it, it was it was just brilliant. But during the game, you, you, I think sometimes you can see a little bit more watching on the telly where um the players are just sticking their foot in here and there where you don't actually see when you're at the game. Um, but, I mean, it, it didn't go unnoticed. I thought you had a, a really good game, really solid game. Um, and yeah, like Johnny said, like when it comes to January, we're going to need these players to come in and, and the squad's going to be need to be good. And if he c- comes in and um, he's putting in performance lo- performances like that, then um, we're going to be a lot more comfortable.
1: Yeah, Dan. I don't know how many questions I can ask you on this game. Uh, have you watched match today too? Have you watched anything?
3: Don't worry, I'm
1: well <laughs> up the space. Well um, okay, that's fine. So, been- so, so the no, no, the the the, the first go- goal that was disallowed, the Saka offside. Um, uh, Laka taps it to Um and Aubameyang taps it to Saka. Should Aubameyang just
3: just put his laces through it? I don't know the way they're the way they're trained is find the player in a better position. But he didn't um he didn't try and pass it it was a bad touch and it just went to sacker. Um he obviously didn't have the best of games in Bamiang but um one of those things. I think we I, I still felt we were comfortable throughout most of the game to be honest with you. We missed chances, we should have scored more but um so,
1: so if, if you haven't got a comment on the Abamyang that what you say like was a bad touch, what about the uh, the foul for the penalty? Dan, uh, Danny Rose, you know, practically decapitates Lacazette. That, you know,
3: surely that should have been a red. You know, what well, VAR there for? Is that not dangerous play? He's literally just oh. caught him, clotheslined him through. Like, was he caught him there or something? Like, I think he got his. Danny Rose, isn't it, really? No one likes him anyway. But, um, yeah, it's just... Yeah.
2: Never even got a yellow.
3: Yeah, definitely. All okay. game. Like, I, 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 I don't Honestly, understand I'm, what I'm... VAR is doing, to be honest with you. I, think they're, they're, I know they've taken a step back from last year, and, and, you know, quite rightly so in some places, but there are some very questionable challenges at the moment that should be read and not even barely being looked at.
1: We could we could flick back to the Leicester game. I got some photos of the Man City foul versus the uh, Abamyang foul, um, and one was a red card, one wasn't. But I don't want to get into that one because we've moved forward to this game. But you know, you know, Johnny, what what, what is VAR doing? It's a good question that Danny butts forward there, or, uh, that Dan butt's forward there.
2: I, I think they're, they're taking a slightly lighter touch. The referees are using the screens more. Yes, there is a problem with with consistency, but I think that only really comes if you have the same people in the VAR room, whereas they keep having on-field referees taking a turn in the VAR room, but really you should have a VAR set of referees who are consistent in their approach to the game. But it's an evolving thing, and I think each year we've had it, it has got better. Um, but, you know... It's better than when it was just referees. There are more correct decisions and, you know, we're not getting diddled out of wins or or goals or anything that we did before. But it's not perfect because it's still down to a human. So I'd rather still have the human error than, you know, them trying to be over pedantic like they was last year.
3: I'd say we benefited from it. <laughs> you know, you touched on maitland yeah. I Me, mean, I'm, I'm glad he done it and that's the sort of thing we need in the team a bit like they do at the city to break up play but that was a foul from Mike
0: Denovs before they got yeah
1: we're, we're yeah. going to get into we're going to get into that one in a second we're going to get into that one in a second um before we get there Aubameyang's penalty bent um uh yet again oh. he, he takes the same penalty it's a bit lackluster don't you think
0: right well, uh,
2: catch 22 though isn't it if you if you say to him Take you off of penalties, you kind of knock his confidence, and it's already a bit sensitive. You got to let it, if the player, if your player wants to play, take the penalty, then you got to let him play it. If you catch twenty two, you just he's a win. It's a it's a lose lose or a win win.
0: I saw ben. I saw a stat I saw a stat yesterday. I think he's he's only scored ten out of fifteen um, penalties. So that's quite a that's quite a a miss statistic. So. Um, and and Lacquer has taken eight out of eight, and if he's on the pitch for me, Lacazette takes the penalties. He's so much more comfortable. I was right behind the goal when um, he missed the one against, when, when Martinez saved him against Villa. Okay, it was a good save, but I think we, even when he, when he runs up, he just doesn't look that confident, and, and I saw it so clearly, obviously watching it on the telly against Watford. He just looks a nervous wreck. He just doesn't look that confident to take it. I don't He's obviously saying that, yeah, I'm, I'm OK to take it. But, it, I mean, it, to me, the way he stepped up on Sunday was like, he just get down and hit it. It, it was no like, where I'm going to put it, what, what corner am I going to put it in? It was literally just get up and hit it. And it was an awful penalty. I mean, it was it's not, you don't mind if it, like, OK, the Martinez one was, was pretty decent height for him, but it's still a really good save and it was right in the corner. But with this one, it was just literally, got he just literally stepped up and hit it. I mean, mm. He should be taken off the next penalty. He should be. But Willie,
1: really, I don't I, know. I, I, I. To be honest, I agree. If you've done that twice in a row, and if you're looking at, it, I haven't seen that stat of. Um... At thirty percent of his uh, penalties and over the last fifteen that he's missed, uh, he shouldn't be stepping up. And if his confidence, which you know um, Heath says he's been found out as a striker and a penalty taker, um, I think again a little bit strong. I think ev- everyone has got strong emotional feelings about things like this. But um, if he, if he's if he's not showing confidence, the one thing you need to do as a as a penalty taker is be confident. Uh, the first goal, uh, Lakonga takes out um, two fan. Uh, was that a foul in the first place because that's the one that they're all talking about that um he lies down and I, and I could see this he lies down and there's nothing wrong with him uh, Danny Rolls kicks the ball out of play um and uh then um uh Tufan gets to get up uh, but he he bellows to say like stay down stay down to, to Tufan in the meantime who mentioned the foul uh, was it you Dan that mentioned the fa- uh, the foul yeah. um by Maitland Niles yeah that was a stronger foul than the first one in the first place but Ranieri and Watford are complaining about the ball being kicked out but they were trying to play tactics as well Dan since you mentioned it uh, I'll go to you then Ben
3: then Johnny go on yeah I mean I, I, everyone wants to see the ball given back in that situation most times apart from when you start seeing teams kick the ball out of play to slow things down and waste time um I, I would probably feel hard done by if it was the other way around and we didn't get the ball given back. Um, having said that, an awful long time since then to the goal. Um, I think they had um, the ball themselves in between that and lost it. So, you know, I think that's a bit bit too much for them to complain about, even though I feel hard done by. Um, the foul for me is, is a foul, but um, fantastic from our point of view. Exactly what we want from our team. Um, and then a great goal from it Ben over to you
0: yeah um well we we had an incident incident years ago Um, you you boys all all, all should remember anyway when um we didn't give the ball back to Sheffield United after the ball went out and um that was a totally different incident altogether I mean I I yeah it might have been a foul by Maitland-Niles but the, the fact that we um it, he, it, they were they was playing some games there, trying to waste time and things like that. And yeah, they did. They they actually had um, possession of the ball at one point during that move. So there was quite a lot of time between the ball coming back into play, and and hitting the, and hitting the back of the net. But the good thing for, in our point of view, was the fact that we just kept going. I mean, Ben White plays an absolutely stormer for the, for his part in the goal, and everyone just kept going. It was, do you know what what pleased me the most is. Um, the ugly side that we're, has been lacking for such a long time. Um And tr- just trying to match these teams with it, what they're trying to do. We're not let, letting them bully us. We are getting on top of them. We're kind of playing these little games. We're not going to let them walk all over us. And it was nice to see. And it was, and it was, it was a great finish. And, and yeah, okay. Over the whole context of the game, we should have, should have been three or four or nil, but It was 1-0 to the Arsenal and it was a a scrappy the goal that done it. So it's actually quite pleasing.
1: Uh, Johnny, um, we didn't get bullied. Uh, Watford tried every tactic going um, uh, in that move that uh, the ball was kicked out. By the time, my my voice is really struggling, Tufan was back up on his feet. About the time the ball uh, and the second foul happened, whether the second foul was picked up or not, by well, Maitland-Niles is irrelevant, it wasn't picked up by the ref. It wasn't picked up by VAR. So the goal's good, isn't it?
2: It plays to the whistle at the end, they. They had the, Dan made the point is that they can't moan about the play not being given back because they had the ball. If they wanted the ball, they had. They got the ball back whether they wanted it or not. At the end of the day, they had the ball back. The foul wasn't given by Maitland the Niles and uh, you played to the whistle and it was a fair goal. They're lucky to have only lost 1-0. They're lucky. Because on, on on another day uh, with, uh, with somebody else instead of Bowenyang probably would have won 2-3-0 uh, easy. Um, that's, I think... that, that's a really good point, Johnny.
1: That's a really good point. On another day, maybe against another team could they have been beaten more heavily than they were playing arsenal and 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 this is um links into a little bit of about what we're going to talk about after this game like we we can touch on the the older guards, um, this second disallowed goal and and so on but you know i i think the Watford game is type of done but the the um the the, the talk among people going saying uh, we're on an 11 game unbeaten run um and our next game coming up is liverpool uh we're away at liverpool 5:30 on saturday uh not this saturday the following saturday um and you know would watford been beaten more heavily by somebody else further up the league if west ham if we use them as an example would they have beaten them more heavily than we did on the day
2: i think it was a more a little bit of a twist of luck when it come to the second disallowed goal was down to a, slight, uh, you know, a poor touch by Aubameyang. If he would have had a little bit more control, he would have had the ball and he would have banged it in. It as that first touch, let him down. And and the thing with the second disallowed goal, it was because he was so desperate after missing that penalty and not getting the follow-up, that it was a striker's instinct to try and get on the end of it. I think if he would have scored the penalty and not missed that first one, he wouldn't have tried to intercept it. So it's all, you know, flutter of a butterfly's wing, you know, it, it, it has a knock on effect just making those earlier mistakes. I think, yes, a little bit more luck a bit on another day would have been, would have been a lot better off.
1: Ben does a better for the want of a better word. Bear in mind, we're top five and we're only six points off the top of the league currently at the minute. Um, uh, does does a better organize a better team uh and the only reason i'm using the word better is because our first three games of the season because otherwise if we didn't have those first three games of the season everybody would be saying wow arsenal are on they're on uh, would a better team have given watford a a, a bigger a bigger challenge or
0: i just i just think we, we i just think we had our chances to to Won the game very convincingly. If if it had been four or five 0 no one would have had any, probably any complaints. Really, I mean, if you think like like what happened again, if we scored a penalty, that's that, that's obviously one goal. Um, if Bamiyang's more ruthless in front of goal instead of fluffing it and it goes to Saka for that chance, Bamiyang scores all day long. That's another goal. And then like like Johnny said about the, the touch that Odegaard's probably shot was probably hitting the post and going in, but because of hasn't scored earlier on in the game, he's his instinct is to get on the end of it. And it's mm. uh, instead of looking instead of looking along the line, he's he's not he's wanting to put the ball in the back of the net and another day that's that's another that's a goal for Odegaard probably. Like I say, you don't know if it's going in or not, but it looks from the angles I've seen, it looks like it's gonna hit the post and go in. But But yeah, on another Dan, day, it doesn't it could, could have been four or five, but um we just got we've just got to take it, I mean, it's it wasn't a lucky one nil. It's not one of those games where it was a lucky one 0 It wasn't. It, sh- it should have no, been I more, agree. but it was one nil to the Arsenal. And we just clean sheet and we just carry on, don't we? It's right to keep the run going.
2: A year ago, it would have been a draw. A year ago, it would have been a draw. So it's it's that's... it's progression in 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 evidence.
0: And, and, but the and most that, 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 like, I said, like I said earlier, the most pleasing thing is. We we matched them for roughing it up and we competed and every, and for man for man they they all gave what they wanted to give and and that's the most thing we can actually win games a little bit ugly I know it was only one nil but we start with thinking we, we in other games as well we've lots of Burnley away as well as another prime example where we've um, we've won a game a little bit ugly and um, in in the, in the past they, they probably would have been draws so it's pleasing.
1: And Dan, I, I was I was actually going to cite Burnley away. Since Burnley away, we we look like we haven't been bullied anymore. Um, we're going to Liverpool after the international break. Um, Liverpool, one of the best teams in the land at the minute. Um, you know they've got all these superstars. Um, again, mention West Ham and uh, only because it's local to me. But um, Bar Van Dyke, they looked quite ordinary on Sat on Sunday night, uh, and Van Dyke kept them in the game where do you think Where do, what's good as a result clearly three points but
3: realistically what's a good result at Anfield I, I think given our run of form and given the way they are I don't see why we can't go there and, and take the three points um, no one's expecting us to turn them over but I think we're in a much better place now at the moment you know our, our strength as a team isn't going forward and, and you know, as an attacking side. It is being solid as a unit. Um, Liverpool will definitely test us in that way. You know, we're not going to... It's not going to be a physical battle, but let Liverpool always raise their game against us and play great football against us. You know, and, and they will try to open us up, move us from side to side. And, you know, that will test how strong we are defensively. Um, I think we're in a better place now to, to hit them on the counter. And if we can get a goal... I think we can now see uh, out and keep a clean sheet if we score first.
1: Mm, I, 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 I'm hoping you're right. Um, if I'm honest, as long as we've got a proper performance in, I'd take a draw now. And even, you know, as much as I hate it, if we lost one nil, but we really showed that we put a, a proper, decent performance and we didn't get, you know, bullied off the pitch, it wouldn't. It wouldn't be the end of the world. Listen, uh,
0: I want to wind this up because um, it's my wife's... Fergus, can I quickly say say the Liverpool game? Um, Well, I've been used to obviously going up there again. I've seen plenty of hide-ins over the last 10 years. And and I've got sick of literally just rolling over. Um, What gives me the encouragement is the fact that we... I feel like we've got a team there. We've got a team there that's playing for Arteta. We've also got a team there that's playing for each other. We've also got a team there that's playing for the fans. And that gives me... I'm not confident going up there. I mean, we're, we're silly to think we're confident to go up there, but I, I feel like we're going up there with a chance to go and get something, not in a confident way. If you see what I mean, I feel like we can put in a performance um, to be proud of. And, and we, when we've suffered so many dismal performances over the years, um, it would just even if we if we lost one nil, but we competed with them toe to toe. That that's just that's the most important thing for me. We could get a result. I mean, they, they're, they're not well-beaters at the moment. I mean, they, they, drew, they drew with Brighton. Um, but we can, we can give, we can we're, give we're it go- a go.
1: We're going we're gonna to cover the Liverpool game in a bit more depth next week. Uh, Johnny, you were going to have uh, something in there. I think, are you going to reiterate what Gary just, said? I just want to point something. I
2: was just going to point out that no one's actually mentioned that we're two points behind Liverpool if we beat them, we go above them. Uh, I think that's, uh, that is a carrot. That is a carrot for the team. That is a motivation for the team. So, look where we came from at the beginning of the season and look at where we are now. And uh, th- we take that chance. And, I, and they're, they're a depleted team because there's no Firmino. There's no Navigator, You know, they aren't... Uh, th- <coughs> is it their new centre-back, uh, Kunate? He's not there either. So, this not... Out of the realms of possibility that we can go there and give him a game. As long as we give him a game, I'm happy win, lose, yeah, or draw. I, I... As long as we compete against one of the best teams in the world with the best player in the world, Mo Salah is the best player in the world at the moment. Um, I, mean, I think we, we, and who's got to play who's got to play up against him? Listen, we've we, we got the two.
1: The, We've got two or three of the most rising <coughs> best players in the world currently in the minute. We've got Smith-Rowe and Gabriello have had late calls up for England and Brazil. Good luck to them. Yeah. Uh, just hope they come back unscathed. Uh, I, I honestly, bar tournament, I couldn't give a monkey's about international football. Ireland are playing Portugal, I think, tonight at Lansdowne Road or the Aviva Stadium or whatever it's called. I'm on air, <laughs> you know. If it was a tournament, I'd be watching it. Um, the odds of Arsenal getting to the top four have been slashed. But one quick round robin before we finish. Title challengers. If West Ham can think. And I was on the tube on the way back from the Watford game, and there were some young kids on there. and you, Granted, they were young kids. Um, uh, and this is, this kid's about eight or nine. I said good result for you today against Liverpool. So, Jay, said, yeah, said you going to win the league now? I said, yeah, yeah, we've got to get Champions League. So, if young West Ham fans, good luck to them, um, uh, think that. Surely, with six points off the top, Dan, surely we got to think we've got a, an outside chance of a title challenge?
3: Title challenge, no. No, near a title challenge, we're not. we're not. The problem with our side is we're a young side and we are going to be inconsistent. And... As fans, you know, I only hope that this positivity we've got now continues because there will be some lows and it will not just be a straight line, you know, up to winning the title. Top four though, well said, absolutely have a very, very good chance. And I think the reason why we have such a good chance is partly down to our improvement, partly down to the other teams around us that look poor. Um start of the season, I would have said top four was nailed on to be Chelsea, Liverpool, City and United. United look poor at the moment and if we can start to creep ahead of them and, you know, the answer to this question will be seen when we play Liverpool. If we can start to take points off the teams around us in the top four and top six, then we've got a great chance to position in the top four. The only caveat to that for me that worries me is when we lose players in January.
1: True. Johnny, briefly, uh, your thoughts on title and top four?
2: I think top four is realis- realistic ambition title challenge isn't a realistic ambition because the consistency and quality of chelsea man city are better than us and liverpool when they get their players back will be able to pull away again as well so i think fourth place is realistic but when we looked at the beginning of the season fifth sixth was realistic uh, ambition for us we just don't want the conference oh, league
1: I, I was thinking seven to eighth, but there we go. Ben, uh, final word on top four and title dreams. And when I sent you my idea of what we're going to talk about, you replied back. I had a giggler that bit. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, title. Was a, there was a few laughing faces there, wasn't it? Um, really, at the start of the season, we had to. Um, obviously, the main thing was trying it back into Europe. I so said, my, my to put, putting everything into perspective at the start of the season, I would have said we got to get in the top t- top six again. Get back into Europe, but the way, <clears throat> the way, the, the way that other teams are not overly convincing. I think uh, on the, with the run we we're on, the, the feel-good factor amongst the connection between the fans and the players. I think uh, I think Arteta's actually got some sort of balance there between defending and attack, which was lacking for a long time. Um, it's that, and that's and that's key as well, and, and also. I think the other, I said said earlier on, I think the key in January is us getting another striker. I think that could be the difference in the top four and the top six this year. We need another striker in there. But we've also got to look up to players like Bamyang. They've got to be a bit more ruthless. I mean, I, I keep I keep saying about the captaincy business. I think he could do with it away from him to concentrate on his own performances. Um And he's he's going to be a huge player, isn't he? So, I mean, there's 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 hope there. Um, These next four games, I mean, you you take the Newcastle one out; it's still going to be a tough home game. We've got three away games now: Liverpool away, United away, and Everton away. This this is a big. These next twelve points up for grabs now is massive to see where we actually what position we could actually. being coming in, coming into the new year, it's a good, it's a big sight, it's a big sight for me. These next four games, that's true,
1: guys. Uh, thank you very much. Before we go, um, um, David Dean, uh, a really good ambassador for our club, and, and was a man that uh, helped Arsene Wenger build the side that he did. Um, he was at uh, it was it was a, a Wenger Dean one of these open, I, I don't, I can't remember the right. An the right audience with it. David Dean. An and audience Arsene with, yeah. And um, he came along and mentioned this. Came in were, were, were French.
3: In fact, I, I often use this story and it's true about Patrick who is here. And um, Patrick, of course, as you know, he, he came from Milan and he, he couldn't speak a word of English. And um, we put, you know, we had to make sure he settled down well. We gave him a, a teacher. We gave, made sure he had a nice house, a car, a mobile phone. And after a couple of weeks, I went down into the dressing room and I said, Patrick, est-ce que tu peux dire quelque chose en anglais? Can you speak something in English? He said, We, oui, Monsieur Dean, yes, Mr. Dean. I said, Qu'est-ce que tu peux dire? What can you say? He looked at me and he said, are she <laughs> <laughs>
1: That is absolutely <laughs> priceless. Hopefully YouTube don't ban the bloody program just because of it. Uh, guys, Ben, thanks very much on breaking your dock well. on here. Hopefully we'll see you on again.
3: Didn't he um, also say that came from Ray Parlour, by the way? He, he did he indeed. Did. He did. Yeah, I think he did.
1: I only stopped it because I, there's only a certain length of time that you can go with it before YouTube started <laughs> clamping down. They'll already probably have clamped down on me anyway. Fergus, thanks for having on, Fergus, thanks for
0: having
3: you're more than welcome,
0: and that's been a long time coming. Uh, we're, we'll <laughs> touch up on a bit. We'll touch up on a bit more of atmosphere wise another time. But uh, I was just laughing at Paul's yeah. comment a minute ago, saying it's the longest I've spoken without breaking into a song. Probably right. But to be honest, to be honest Ben, I, I, I really do want to get onto the atmosphere
1: thing. Not tonight, but we've got the international break and the Liverpool game. So if you're around next week, Wednesday, maybe we'll have a chat then. And, and Yeah, we'll definitely. Take we'll take yeah, that definitely. offline and we'll, and we'll talk about it. Yeah, uh, Dan, definitely. Um, just you need to top up those Moroccan
3: sunset highlights, you know. So you know. all right, <laughs> then I'll have a look later in the mirror. I'm not sure there's enough highlights for me. <laughs> the, the,
1: no, they're all low lights with you John I'm afraid but I, I am very impressed with the shirt Listen, you have there's, been only listening there's only one <laughs> Perry Groves there's only one Perry Groves you've been watching and listening uh, Guns and Yellow ribbons. we're all full of cold all full of uh, uh, well, uh, COVID, COVID. Um, uh, but a big big shout out to my man Trev uh, Trev has texted me and he's alright with me uh, mentioning it to him Kev's down with uh, Trev's down with COVID right now uh, and he hasn't been very, very well, uh, hence why he hasn't been here and hence why we weren't here last week. So a big Get shout well out soon. to my good, good friend. Get well soon. Um, I'm in touch with Trevor uh, and also his wife, Donna. Uh, but, you know, we, we, we are, we're we, there for you, mate. Um, we want you back on here. I need somebody to be taking the piss out of me all the time. Otherwise, <laughs> this isn't funny. It's just me just talking all the time, isn't it? <laughs> I'm happy to help. But guys, what's that? I'm happy to help. I don't mind. And oh now you'll ruin me even worse yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alright Boys, thanks very much uh, Up the arse
0: You've been listening to Guns and Yellow Ribbons An Arsenal podcast By Arsenal fans For Arsenal fans Follow us on Facebook at Guns and Yellow Ribbons and Twitter at Guns and Ribbons. And remember to rate and review us
1: too. Yeah, you're still on mute at the moment. Hang on a second, hang on a second. We're still on live, boys, so don't start doing the swearing bit just yet. So, uh, <laughs> Gary, give us a
0: song then, Ben, for Gary. Right. Okay. As it's Liverpool way next week, we'll sing. Uh, you are a scouser, a filthy scouser. You're only happy on gyro Day. Your nans out stealing. Your dad's drug dealing. You'll never take our record away. La 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 la.
1: (laughs) Well, Ben, I'll tell you what. Careful what you wish (laughs) for. (laughs) If, 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 If the, um, if the YouTube <laughs> clip of David Dean doesn't get us taken down, <laughs> I think that might do. Oh, Jesus. Gary, and am really appreciative. Boys, i got to <laughs> cough myself to death. Um, <laughs> oh, brilliant. That's
0: absolutely it, brilliant. I had to
1: do it. <laughs> <laughs> right, see you later, guys. Up the Arsenal.
2: Up the arse. Up the arse.